Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. If you've experienced loneliness and prayed for God to end it, you might have been frustrated when he didn't answer right away. But he had a reason. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah offers a reminder that God's timing is always perfect. With biblical examples of how he breaks through loneliness at just the right moment, here's David with the conclusion of his message, The Lonely Saint. Well, friends, what does uh, Abraham and Jeremiah and Job and Noah and Paul and Jesus Christ, what do they have in common? Well, according to the Bible, they all experienced times of great isolation and loneliness. And they're just a few of the people the Bible speaks of having experienced that. What does that mean? That means if you read the Bible, you're going to find out what it's like to deal with this the biblical way. God has so many promises to us. And one of the things he says to us more than just about anything else is that he will never leave us, that he will never forsake us, that he will go with us even to the end of the age. God has promised to be with us because he knows his presence is everything. And um, we've written about that in a book that just came out just for this series. It's a beautiful new book called God Has Not Forgotten You. During this time when we're teaching on loneliness, I wanted so much to send you this positive message. And it's wrapped up in one of the most beautiful books we have ever done. It's a beautiful gift book. It's 190 pages of hardcover. Uh, It's got 10 chapters providing comfort and encouragement when you feel alone. It's a wonderful reminder of God's faithfulness during times like these. So uh, please ask for your copy of this book when you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of August. And uh, maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's somebody you know who desperately needs uh, this message. We sent this to a couple, uh, Donna and I did, uh, recently. And uh, we got a note back saying it's just what we needed. It was just at the right time. You cannot know how much this book meant to us at this time. I think this is a book for our time and for this moment. Certainly, it's a book for a discussion on loneliness, and we want to send it to you if you'll give us the opportunity. Your gift matters. It's when we put all the gifts together of people who support this ministry that we're able to continue to reach out with the message of God's Word. So thank you ahead of time for your investment. Ask for the book when you send your gift. Now let's open our Bibles once again, and let's talk one more time about the lonely saints of the Bible. One of my favorite vignettes of loneliness in the Old Testament is found in the 16th chapter of Genesis in a very obscure story that only has meaning to us from New Testament times because it happens to be mentioned in the book of Galatians. It's the story of the woman whose name was Hagar. When Abraham's wife Sarah could bear him no children, she took Hagar and she gave her to Abraham for a wife. And when this Egyptian servant became pregnant, she began to hate Sarah. You know the story. And when the hostility between these two women 
came to a boiling point, Sarah banished Hagar to the wilderness and she fled to the wilderness in fear. There alone and frightened, she sat down by a fountain of water. If we could paint the picture of that scene on canvas, it would be the loneliest picture in the Old Testament, I'm sure. As you read the story, you cannot miss the stress of her aloneness. She is all by herself, away from her family, away from her friends, and there is no one to help. Yet how God dealt with her at that time should be an encouragement to all of us who feel alone. Walk with me for a moment to the mountain of Moriah. There Abraham trudges his way up to the pinnacle of the mountain with his son Isaac to carry out an unexplained instruction from his God. Take that son who is the object of your love and put him to death, said God. Take that promise of the coming nation and put him to death. So isolated was Abraham in that experience that he could not even take his servants with him. Up he went to the mountain together alone with his son. And then what can we say about Moses? He was a man quite apart. We read of him in the book of Exodus. While working in Pharaoh's court, he often took long walks by himself. And on one of those walks, he came across an Egyptian who was fighting with a Hebrew. The white-hot heat of his Jewish jealous heart caused him to murder the Egyptian. And as a result, Moses was banished by Pharaoh to the wilderness of Midian. And the next time we find him, where is he? Well, he's wandering around on the backside of the desert of Midian, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. (laughs) Certainly during those years, he must have experienced the loneliness that people talk about today. Moses knew it. And then there's David. We aren't far from Moses when we meet him. His experience of loneliness was of the deepest variety. And we are indebted to him because he was one of the men who wrote down what it felt like in some of his psalms. Listen to the words of David in Psalm 102. As he expresses his solitude, he wrote, My days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned like glowing embers. I am like a pelican in the wilderness. I am like an owl of the desert. I watch and am as a sparrow alone on the housetop. Psalm 102. Or listen to his words in Psalm 69, verse 20. David writes, Reproach hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness, and I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. He was alone. David expressed his loneliness in a way that we can identify with and certainly understand. And we aren't finished with the Old Testament yet, for there's also Job. In fact, Job stands out as the extreme and supreme example of a lonely man. He alone feels and thinks of his suffering. Yet nowhere does he find a receptive response. All of his counselors turn him away, and even his wife tells him to curse God and die. In the midst of his suffering, he feels that God has abandoned him. He is an island unto himself, confronting the pain of his very being. When we leave the pages of the Old Testament and walk into the vestibule of the New, we are confronted almost immediately with the disciples. 
interesting men who had gathered themselves around the Lord Jesus to be his helpers in the distribution of the gospel. But now a strange thing is beginning to happen in their lives. Their savior, their master, their leader begins to tell them of his impending death. He begins to tell them that soon he will be separated from them and they will be with him no more. And as you see on the pages of the New Testament scripture, the interchange between the disciples and Christ, you can hear the ache begin to rise in decibels in the hearts of the disciples as they begin to fear the loss of their Savior and his personal comfort in their life. The Apostle Paul, in his second letter to Timothy, wrote this terse statement. All men forsook me. All men forsook me. Yet I would like to tell you that the greatest good news of the lonely people in the Bible is this. That the Savior, the Christ, the Lord Jesus, felt the loneliness that you feel. Early in his ministry, as he began to teach his disciples, he warned them, Behold, the hour cometh. Yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered every man to his own, and I will be left alone. John 16, 32. Jesus not only experienced the loneliness when it came, but because he was the Son of God, he also anticipated the loneliness that would come. He knew before it came what it would feel like. And all of those years of his life, as he looked forward to the cross, he experienced even before its time the loneliness of the abandonment of his father. We follow him in the closing hours of his life to the Garden of Gethsemane. We see him there with those who are closest to him. We hear him as he asks them to watch with him one hour as he agonizes for the world and he comes back to find them all asleep. And there's something of sadness in his words when he says, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? In the strangling grip of Golgotha, our Savior experienced the maximum impact of loneliness. For a seeming eternity, the Father turned his back on him. His friends had already fled. One of his disciples had betrayed him. Now even his Father turned away. And in the agony and aloneness of that moment, the words of the cross seemed to scream out at us, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And if you don't know it, my friends, let me tell you that in those few moments in time, the Lord Jesus experienced the loneliness of a Christless eternity forever for each one of us. When God the Father turned his back upon his Son because of the sin he bore, Jesus Christ experienced a Christless eternity without God for every single person who would put their trust in him. Because he was God, he could compress the abandonment of the Father into a few moments of time. And when you think about what it would be like to be forever without God, let me tell you that Jesus Christ experienced that on the cross. The loneliness of that moment is beyond description. But I want to tell you something. It is the certain guarantee that Jesus Christ is able to understand your loneliness because he's been there. Certainly all of this truth from the Bible makes it hard to swallow, doesn't it? The testimony, the stock testimony of so many Christians who say, 
Oh, I'm never lonely. I have Christ. <laughs> or, how can I be lonely when Christ is with me? Every time somebody says that to me, I get the impression they're saying what they think they ought to say instead of what they really feel. The Bible does not say that we are never lonely. In fact, it gives us testimony after testimony of great men and women who experienced the kind of loneliness that you feel and that I have felt. Let's don't deny it. It's there. Morris West has written a book entitled The Devil's Advocate in which he speaks more honestly. He does not deny loneliness, but he says, quote, let me tell you something important. It is no new thing to be lonely. It comes to all of us sooner or later. Friends die. Family dies. Lovers and husbands too. We get old. We get sick. And the last and the great loneliness is death. There are no pills to cure loneliness. There are no formulas to make it go away. It is a condition of men that we cannot escape. And if we try to run from it, we are driven to a darker hell than the one we experience in the midst of it. But if we face it, wrote West, we remember that there are a million others like us. And if we reach out to comfort them and not ourselves, we discover in the end that we are lonely no longer, for we are in a new family, the family of men. And I'd like to say to Morris West, there's something even better than that. If you're a Christian, you're not only in the family of men, you're in the family of God. And as you reach out to those around you who are a part of that family, you discover that the loneliness begins to go away. And I want to tell you there's more than just the testimony in the Bible of lonely people. There is the testimony in the Bible of lonely people who were met by God in the midst of their loneliness. I remember when I was going through all of these passages studying for this message and then I went back through them the second time and I began to discover something that I couldn't wait to get from the first passage to the next to see if it was consistent. And I found that it was in almost every experience that I've cited. And that is that when we have a testimony of a lonely person in the Bible, if we look in the midst of that loneliness, we see God breaking through into their experience in some unique and special way. Almost as if to say to us, don't fight it. It may be at that point in your life where I want to meet you in a very special way. For instance, Genesis 16 tells us that God met Hagar in the wilderness as she waited alone by the fountain of waters. Turn back in your Bibles to Genesis 16. I want you to see this with your own eyes. Genesis 16. And in the 13th verse, we read... That God is seeing her and God is meeting her. In Genesis 16, 13, we read these words. And Hagar called the name of the Lord who spoke unto her. Thou, God, seest me. For she said, have I also here seen him that seeth me. Now notice. Wherefore the well was called Ber Lahoiroi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Berid. And the scripture teaches us that when Hagar was in the wilderness by herself and when she saw God and she saw that God saw her, she named a memorial to God's awareness of a lonely person. And the name means, Thou God seest me. Isn't that something? Here is a woman 
banished by her friends and her household, all alone in the wilderness. No one's around, and all of a sudden, God breaks through into her life, and she's so excited about it, she calls the place after a God who sees her in her loneliness. And Abraham's not much different. If you turn over in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 22, you'll see how God broke in upon Abraham's experience. In verse 11, we begin to read, And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven and said unto him, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abram lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram, offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now notice. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said, to this day in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the word Jehovah-Jireh means the Lord provides. And where did God provide for Abraham? On the mountain of his loneliness, in the moment of his deepest need, God broke through into his experience. All of a sudden, I begin to recognize that in the Old Testament, there are two places that have been named as a monument to a God who cares about the lonely people. Places that today have a physical name to remind us that when we are alone and away from God and we feel like everybody has forsaken us, God is there. And if we'll just wait at the moment when we need him most, he will make his presence known. The same pattern is true in the life of Moses. Here he is wandering around on the desert in Midian, away from all that he knew. And it is in that experience, while he was alone in that desert, that God spoke and revealed himself through the burning bush. And he said, I'm here and I want you to serve me. Did you ever think, about what would have happened to Moses had he not been alone where God could get his attention and minister to his need. And Job is the same way. We think about Job in the Old Testament. He's not different from the rest. He met God in his loneliness. In the midst of his tragic, broken life, God spoke to him out of the whirlwind, and no longer was God absent. He was present so that in Job chapter 42 and verse 5, these are the words which Job spake as the result of his experience. He said, I have heard thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye hath seen thee. How many lonely people there are in the world who could say as Job did, before this experience in my life, I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but God now. Mine eye has seen thee. David, who wrote of loneliness as we quoted the Psalms a few moments ago, is the same David who wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he walks with me. He's the same David who wrote Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? To the lonely disciples in the New Testament who feared the absence of their Savior, Jesus said to them in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. 
Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He took care of their future, but he didn't leave it there. Jump down in the text a few verses, and you will see him saying this, And I will pray the Father, and he will send you another comforter like unto me. And it wasn't long after the absence of the Savior that we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. In the very context of their loneliness comes the promise of a comforter who would never, ever be separated from them, who would come to eternally live within their hearts and in their lives. And Paul, in 2 Timothy, in the passage where he said he was all by himself, declared to Timothy these words. He said, No man stood with me, nevertheless, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, and I was delivered. 2 Timothy 4.17 When I first read all of these passages and began to make the discovery of how God breaks through into our loneliness to meet us at that point in our life, I couldn't help but think, how like the precious Lord How like the precious Lord to tell us about people who hurt and in the very midst of the story to show us how he helped them. The God who saw Hagar in the wilderness sees you. And the God who is the Jehovah Jireh who provided for Abraham on Mount Moriah will provide for you. And the God who revealed himself to Moses will reveal himself to you. And the God who spoke to Job out of the whirlwind speaks to you today. Hear him. Better yet, see him with the seeing of your eyes as Job did. And the shepherd and salvation of David is your shepherd and your salvation. And the comforter who Christ sent into the world is your comforter. And if you're a Christian, he lives within your heart. And the Lord who stood by Paul when all forsook him is the Lord who stands by you. And most of all, the Christ who experienced ultimate loneliness will provide mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Years ago, a philosopher by the name of Seneca wrote these words in one of his epistles. They're very contemporary, even though they're very old. He wrote this question. He said, For who listens to us in all of the world? Whether he be friend or teacher, brother or father or mother or sister or neighbor or son or ruler or servant, does he really listen? Our advocate or our husbands or our wives, those who are dearest to us, do the stars listen when we turn desperately away from man or the great winds or the seas or the mountains? To whom can any man say, Here am I. Behold me in my nakedness, in my wounds, my secret grief, my despair, my betrayal, my pain, my tongue which cannot express my sorrow, my terror, my abandonment. Seneca writes, Listen to me for a day, at least for an hour, or just for a moment. Lonely silence, he wrote, Oh God, is there no one to listen? And I want to answer Seneca. There is one who listens. 
who will always listen. Hasten to him, my friend. He waits for you in your prayers. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we we are so excited about uh, the fall season. Some wonderful surprises that we'll be telling you about uh, a little bit later. A brand new book that comes out in October. But uh, most of all, the rallies that are ahead of us in October in Florida and in Texas. In Tampa, Florida, on the 5th of October at the Yingling Center. In Jacksonville, Florida, at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena, October the 7th. In Houston, Texas, at the Berry Center, October the 26th. And in Fort Worth, Texas, at the Dickies Arena, October the 28th. Now, friends, this is a ticketed event. The tickets are free, but you must have a ticket. They're available at davidjeremiah.org slash tour. When you order your tickets, they will be sent to you electronically, and you'll be able to show them when you come to the event. And uh, we want to get you involved as soon as we can so that we can plan for these events going forward. Be sure to ask for your tickets today when you contact us at davidjeremiah.org slash tour. And then tomorrow we'll be back, and tomorrow we're going to talk about the lonely senior loneliness that happens to us as we get older. We can talk about that because the Bible talks about it. I hope you'll join us tomorrow as we open our Bibles together. Have a great day. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. Will you send us your personal story of Turning Point's impact? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, God Has Not Forgotten You, and learn to trust the Lord in times of uncertainty. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet. Or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series Overcoming Loneliness here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we're living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the word, and be in prayer. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 
55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life, 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. 